Hi guys, welcome to the Fried Circuit, the CAGCS Full Steam Ahead podcast, hosted by Ved Prasad and Saksham Sood. Here we discuss everything related to science, technology, engineering, art, and math. Yes, and a bit of background about CAGCS Full Steam Ahead. We're a student organization in the Cathedral and John Connor School, Mumbai. We do projects, host competitions, create a lot of content basically. Uh, regarding steam which we like we said is science technology engineering art and mathematics we have a coding competition coming up cathcon 2021 uh, from 6 to 8 august you can now register for it at cathcon.cathedralfsa.com you can also go to cathedralfsa.com to check out all of our other work uh, and see basically what we do now on to the podcast the fried circuit okay and today's topic is a is a most ambitious yet today we're going to talk about space you know yeah. it's everything it's in biggest. space you can't get bigger than space <laughs> you can't get bigger than space it's literally yeah. everything that ever exists is is space you know people don't actually yeah. realize this but people when we think about space we think of you know everything outside the earth you know like you leave the earth you go to the moon yeah. think of mars etc etc but like really everything is space we are a part of space right. like the earth is just yeah. one blue this rock contains everything yep yeah in the middle of a solar system over here in the middle of a galaxy somewhere it's just a small part of space and i think yeah. this brings up reminds me of the rick and morty episode where they get a flat tire in space and morty wants to get out of the car and yeah. he says the co op wants to do that yeah, space that one. Yep. <laughs> and rick is just morty everything is in space yeah. <laughs> space and then, is everything and then morty gets bitten by a space snake because yeah, there space are snakes <laughs> in space <laughs> who knows Maybe there are space snakes in space. Who no, knows? yeah. I mean, like, for now it's science <laughs> we just fiction. Gone in far a Rick and Morty episode, but like, could be, could be, could be. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so starting off with space. Uh, how big is space? Let's talk about the size of space. Uh, with any any guesses, any estimations? How how big do you think space is? See, if I had to go with like a rough estimate, I'd go with ninety-three mm. billion light years. Is that wow? Very specific. That's actually correct, you know. People people think that you might have researched this beforehand. Who the fuck? How do you how do you get that so spot on, Vedh? But also like that that, that is kind of wrong because uh space What? is actually constantly expanding. Space What is constantly is? as we know it is growing outwards. Uh and yeah. because of that, it doesn't really have like a definite size. Yeah. Currently, however, according to our rough yeah. estimate, space is as we said, 93 billion light years. That's that's the most recent years. finding that uh, scientists have found, yeah, right? Most that's recent. Yeah, that's the best universe. estimate that we can make But so far. But it has been smaller in the past, and it will continue to get bigger. So yeah, it's not constant at all. Exactly. So like I don't know, ten days from the episode uh, airs and comes on YouTube, uh, we're going to be wrong about the size of space. <laughs> yeah. So maybe. yeah, uh, the universe actually started off 13.8 billion years ago in this event that you might have heard of. It's called the Big Bang. Uh, where basically yeah. all of matter and antimatter that exists today was created from this one singular point, and then started expanding outwards. And since then, we've continuously been uh, expanding, right? Yeah. And so far, the furthest that we can see in space is forty-six billion light years away. And the reason we can't see anything beyond that is because the light that is beyond that, from objects beyond that, aren't actually able to reach us. Or they haven't reached but, us yet. Yeah, but just to be just to like put this into context, forty-six billion mm-hmm. light years is roughly half the universe's size. Yeah, it's it's a massive, massive distance. So, uh, we just discussed right, ninety-three mm-hmm. billion, the entire universe. This is roughly half of that, and that is an insane size. Also, Saksham mentioned the Big Bang right now, and when the Big yeah. Bang actually happened, it happened so fast that, like, as it happened, like at that second. 
the universe was expanding by a factor of 10 to the power what 26 in its linear dimensions yeah. and volumetrically it was expanding at a, a factor of 10 to the power 78 so at that point it was um, the fastest expansion of the universe and yeah. then after that it gradually slowed down that's how it originated yeah exactly and and since then it's constantly been expanding so yeah. like the the amount we know consistently gets smaller uh, becomes a smaller fraction of the entire universe so like every yeah. second that goes by we know lesser and lesser of the entire universe which is crazy if you think about it uh, but let's put a number to this all right how fast is the universe really expanding with like like is there a metric that we judge it by I don't know one meter every day. That that would be my. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that that's that's way smaller than the actual uh, number. Universe is actually expanding yeah. at the rate of sixty-seven to seventy-four kilometers per second per megaparsec, right? And this number is referred to as the Hubble constant. Hubble constant. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, and um, <laughs> just to put like to explain the entire thing, it's seven, it's sixty-seven to seventy-four kilometers per second, which, as we know, is simply speed. It's just kilometers that are being yes. added on per second. And the third part of it, the megaparsec part, megaparsec is simply a, a unit of like distance. Mega a one megaparsec yeah. is about three million light years. What this right. essentially means is the universe is expanding <clears throat> at the rate of sixty-seven to seventy-four kilometers per second every three million light years. So right. the the more you the further from a point you go, the further the universe is expanding at those points. So basically, yeah. the universe like the further out from the Earth that you would go, the faster the universe is going outwards. Which means that there is a point. Where you get further enough from Earth, where the expansion speed of the universe is actually greater than the speed of light, and those yeah. parts are going away from us faster than light yeah. can travel back, which means there are certain yeah. parts that That's we will right. never, never get to know exist in space. Right, because if you think about it, right, it's not just that they're moving out of the way faster than we can look there; those parts of space are actually moving outwards and expanding faster than the light from its original position can reach our eyes. That means yeah. by the by the time we actually get to see where those parts of space were originally placed, they've already moved on to a new position. And since yeah. that no, rate of expansion is of always these, greater than our uh, the rate of speed of light, we'll mm-hmm. never be able to see those places. Yeah, exactly, exactly. In these specific areas, we'll never be able to see them. So, if space snakes were to exist <laughs> beyond yeah. where we can see, we never know. So there's a chance that we never there could be find so out many the parts of science fiction that may actually exist, but we just never know just because exactly. the rate of is the rate of the expansion is greater than the speed of light. Yeah, so yeah, there's billions of planet stars out there that we will never even know exist just yeah. because of how fast the universe is expanding away from us. And you know, we've been putting some numbers across here. We've been talking about figures and and just how big the universe is. But let's actually, yeah. like, you know, like take us let's take a safari through the universe almost. Let's let's talk about what all we can find. in space and you know just yeah. how, just how big and just how small are we in relation to how big the universe is right yeah so if we talk about earth right earth mm. is actually tiny it is so small compared to the rest of the universe like uh, the the best way to describe it would be to give you the actual numbers you can compare to the universe mm. the universe is 93 billion light years in size right yeah The Earth doesn't even make it to light years. It doesn't make it to that <laughs> unit of measurement. The Earth, the yeah. Earth's radius is six thousand three hundred and seventy-one kilometers. Kilometers. That's how yeah, every day kilometers. kilometers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how that's how tiny the Earth is compared yeah. to everything that's out there in space. Compared to the solar system and the galaxy and the other galaxies mm-hmm. and just everything. And that's that's the thing. Right? We're just one planet. 
and this one planet and we just you know around us we have these bigger structures like like i just mentioned yeah. solar system the galaxy and there's so many of these individual structures and all of that combined right the millions billions trillions of them that's mm-hmm. what eventually makes up space or the universe as we know it and we're yeah. just this one tiny particle this one like we're speck one of planet dust revolving around one star in one system yeah. in one galaxy and and yeah. there's trillions of these things around the around the universe but yeah okay fine so let's let's move out from earth now right what, what what's immediately next to us the moon the moon is right. 384 kilometers away from you so it's basically like a long road trip away from you <laughs> it's yeah. it's 7 kilometers it's a couple of hundred kilometers you know we've done it before we've all gone on road trips yeah. uh so if you could fly a car in space you could essentially make it to the moon but you know let's let's go beyond that faith let's go beyond that what comes next yeah uh next we actually have um the closest planet and probably the most yeah. popular one the one that's being discussed the most today in terms of future plans for humans and that mm-hmm. is mars now mars. I've said closest planet so you might expect it to be <laughs> somewhere in the moon range right like 384 yeah. kilometers that's not true it's actually 225 million kilometers away that's a big number <laughs> yeah slightly more than a road trip yeah. <laughs> you Again, can drive to mars uh, the earth is 6000 kilometers in radius and the moon is 225 yeah. million kilometers away so mars. yeah taking them yeah. takes a while and just to put that into perspective in terms of mm-hmm. like vehicles that we have here on earth if you took a boeing 747 jet right and you flew it yeah. straight to mars in the shortest part mm. it would take you 32 years to reach there now obviously you can't actually take a boeing 747 and try to yeah, reach but, mars but just in terms of speed right like how mm-hmm. fast a jet is 32 years to reach mars yeah you definitely can't drive but even if you were to take a jet plane like a yeah. jumbo jet plane it would take you 32 yeah. years of your life just to get there And, and you know that might make you think you know how do we have rovers on mars or how do we have spaceships on mars already going there uh that's because they don't go at boeing 747 speeds so nasa's yeah. curiosity rover which reached uh mars in 253 days slightly less than a year uh traveled yeah. at 23000 miles per hour yeah. which is just, just try, try to imagine <laughs> you going at 24 23000 miles per hour I think that, people just... don't actually understand how fast uh, spacecraft mm-hmm. actually are, right? Because they, yeah. when what people actually see is the initial launch, right? Just mm-hmm. as it's going up from Earth and the first stages being deposited and all of that. And when that happens, that is that is very clearly the slowest part of the flight, right? It's just yeah. taking off. Right? Mm-hmm. People see that, and people sort of you know associate that with the general speed of spacecraft, but that's not true, right? They move thousands. Mm-hmm. They cover thousands and thousands of kilometers every hour thousands of miles every yeah. hour but people just never get to see that so most people don't really visualize spacecraft like that exactly i mean there's no resistance in space it's just a vacuum right yeah. so once you accelerate right. an object it doesn't really stop yeah. unless you like make it stop uh right. so because of that you can reach insane speeds in space uh that's something we're going to cover later on in the podcast as well you know just how fast can you go in space yeah. uh but yeah okay fine we got mars right let's do one yeah. little bit more what what, what comes next with um what comes next well the structure that contains everything you know contains yep. everything we've discussed the earth the moon mars we have the solar system which mm-hmm. comprises I and mean, pluto is not a planet anymore so yeah pluto got demoted eight planets and sun and all the respective moons and asteroids and all of those yeah the solar system as we know it yeah yeah just how big is solar system wave i'll give you a drum roll <laughs> 
287.46 billion kilometers. Now you can see how things are getting That's exponentially larger. Billion with a B. But you can see how things are getting exponentially larger as we hmm. talk about them, right? Like first you have the Earth. The Earth is six th- approximately 6,000 kilometers in radius. Then you have the yeah. Moon, around 300 kilometers away from the Earth. Okay. Then hmm. you have Mars, 225 million kilometers away. And then the entire solar, solar system, system containing all the planets, not just Earth and the Moon and its nearest planet, 287.46 billion kilometers. Things are getting yeah. so much bigger, so much numbers. faster. Right. Yeah. And that's just in the solar system. Like what happens when you reach you know the galaxy or the oh, other galaxy, the whole universe. That's, that's how eventually you get to ninety three billion uh, light years. Yeah, yeah. It's it's actually insane. But yes, now yeah. we move on to beyond the solar system, right? Because if we zoom out even further, we see the Milky Way, you know, our galaxy. And it's here that I want to make a clarification about like the units we're going to be using because kilometers is too small now. Kilometers is just it's just not worth our time anymore. Yeah, it's now fine we're for like about... distances on Earth, but mm-hmm. we're not talking about Earth here. We're talking about space. Yeah, space is is a different ball game altogether. So now yeah. we have light years, right? And we've used yeah. the term before a couple of times. So I just want to clarify it over here. Light year is not a time, like unit. Yeah. Light is a unit of distance. Time. It's how much right. distance light, which travels at the speed of three mil- three hundred million meters per second can travel in a year's time distance light travels in a year is a light year right Right. and the milky way our lovely galaxy which is our home is a hundred thousand light years across so if you want to go from one point to another point in the milky way that's a hundred thousand light years so you know light which is the fastest particle we know right in terms of motion nothing moves nothing moves at the speed of light nothing comes even close because mm-hmm. it moves again as I said 300 million meters every second hmm. light itself would take 100,000 years to reach um, the center of the galaxy exactly exactly so yeah. even if you were to travel at speed of light which spoiler alert you can't <laughs> it would take yeah. you 100,000 years to cross the Milky Way just to put that into yeah. context the entirety everything entirety of human history is just 300,000 years old the earth is 4 point something billion years old We've only been around for 300,000 years. So yeah. it would take you one third of our entire history, collective human civilization's history, just across yeah. the Milky Way, if you were to go to the speed of light, which you can't. Right. That, that's how big the Milky Way is. Just, just our galaxy alone. Yeah, and there are so many out there, right? Because, uh, again, 100,000 light years as yeah. compared to 93 billion, right? Mm-hmm. That just, again, it just, it's just putting things into perspective. We're getting started right yeah. How, yeah. <laughs> You know, we're just zooming out a bit mm-hmm. by bit and just showing you how small we really are. Even in terms of time, right? Not just space, even in terms of time. Yeah. Humans have just been around for what? 300,000 years? Yeah. The universe has been there for 13.8 billion. Mm-hmm. With, again, with a B. Again, we're tiny both of time and space. Yeah. yeah. So just shows how insignificant like our entire race is in terms of like we yeah. said, time and space. We've barely been around. We, we we don't know anything about the universe. There's some parts we will never see, and there's some parts that we can't even travel to, even if we can see yeah. them. And there's some Milky Way right now. We're only at a Milky Way now. If we zoom out further, yeah. now we, now we're gonna zoom out further and see just exactly how far we can go with this. Yeah. So yeah. What's, what's what comes next, Will? Huh? <laughs> now I was just asking you what comes next, but then basically <laughs> what comes next yeah. once we zoom out of Milky Way is our local group. All right. It's it's a group that contains the Milky Way, but it's not just the Milky Way, obviously. It's a collection of 54 galaxies, right? Again, okay. just to put this into perspective, 
the military it's gear alone galaxies. is a hundred thousand light mm. years in size. But yeah, it's fifty-four galaxies, and the entire local group is ten mm. million light years across. Ten million. Ten million light years. Speed of yeah. light will take you ten million years to go across it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we we ain't got time for that. <laughs> Uh, if we if we were to zoom out further from the local group, we come to the Virgo supercluster, which again this is all like we're part of it. So the Milky Way is one of fifty four galaxies in the local group. Local group, and then, and then the, the groups Virgo of, supercluster um, has many groups of galaxies, out of which right. one of them is the local group. Right. right? So yes. let's just say, okay, how big is the Virgo supercluster now? It's a hundred and ten million light years across. Yeah. That's eleven times the size of the local group, which contains fifty-four galaxies, including our own. Out of which one of them is the Milky Way, which is a hundred thousand yeah. light years across. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just puts everything into context. Really, just puts makes your perspective <laughs> way way bigger. Speed of light yeah. will take you a hundred and ten million years <clears throat> to go across the Virgo supercluster. So all the yeah. Star Trek movies, all the Star Wars movies, <laughs> all those galaxies, we are not going to be going anytime soon. We're not going to be going to any galaxy anytime soon near us because it's just so, so, so far away. Even if we have light, it'll take us so many millions of years to get there. I'm not done with the group. We're not done yet. No, no, no. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to zoom out further. What's next? (laughs) Once you zoom out, you reach the Lania Chaos Supercluster, which is a hundred thousand other galaxies, and in terms of size, five twenty million light years. 520 million we're, we've come to half a billion light years and the universe is 93 just like that yeah, yeah. So we've zoomed out we've gone from the solar system to the milky way to the local group the Virgo supercluster the Lanakia supercluster we're finally at 520 million, million light, light years and yeah. we're not done yet because right. from the Lanakia supercluster we further zoom out to what's called the observable universe Right, right. It's, it's just it's how much we everything can see. in the universe that we can see. Okay, yeah. it contains two trillion galaxies and more stars than there are gra- grains of sand on Earth. Think of all the deserts, all the sand around. Think of the sand that holds your cactus every plant. Every single think of all beach, the playing sand. Everything. Every, right. beach, every single beach, all the every single soil, all sand that. pit in a, in a playground. All those yeah. grains added up. It's got more stars than that. And the size of the observable universe, like we've been saying multiple times is 93 billion light years. Yeah. And that's how far humans have got so far. That's how far we can see so far. Yeah. It's how much we can see and it's how much the universe has expanded till date, right? It's going to keep going on and the number is going to keep increasing. And there's so much beyond the observable universe. It's just that we can't really see it yet. So we can't Hmm. measure it yet. Yeah. True, true. Yeah. uh, According to cosmic inflation... We've been talking so much. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the theory that says the universe is expanding. The yeah. there is like multiple times more uh, beyond the observable universe that we can't see as compared to the observable universe. Uh, right, right. Yeah, and it just shows yeah, just you know no matter how far yeah. we get, it's just always going to be beyond our reach. It's just that that bit beyond us, uh, and we're just going to be able to find it. Yeah. But no, I'm saying we've been talking about light so much here, right? The speed of light hmm. and how it's not possible for us to approach uh, the speed of light or, you know, like even come yeah. close to it, right? That, and and, th- and this topic of discussion about the speed of light and how objects and celestial bodies and 
basically mm-hmm. everything in the universe behaves as things approach the speed of light have actually inspired their own branch of physics right or its own topic yeah. in physics called relativity okay because yep. newton newton came up with laws for uh, gravitation and laws for, mm-hmm. about mass and matter and those are fine for normal objects that we have here right like i have yeah. this mouse here it's it weighs maybe what, a few hundred grams for objects mm-hmm. this small and that can't really go that fast even with mm-hmm. applied force newtonian physics is fine but when we when objects are so large and so fast that they approach the speed of gravity then we need um, a separate branch of physics and that's where einstein came in with his yep, the man behind it all the man yeah. with the legend albert <laughs> einstein Right. Yep, the greatest scientist of all time, hundred percent. In fact, he was named the Time Person of the Year for the ent- no person of the entire century, uh, right. when the century began, twenty <laughs> one years ago. Uh, entire century, like the entire nineteen hundreds, out of yeah. everyone who came and went, all the great rock stars, the bands, the actors, the actresses, the politicians, the world leaders, everyone, yeah. the greatest man according to Time magazine was Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein. Right. And we really can't cover space. We can't cover anything about space or the universe without talking about relativity and Einstein's findings. Uh, so basically, Einstein came up with two th- main theories: uh, special relativity and general relativity. Right? And <laughs> a bit counterintuitive, but special relativity came before, and general came after that. Ten years after that, to be precise. Uh, yeah. So we're going to cover those now, and we're going to talk about how special relativity works. Okay, so let's talk about yeah. special relativity first. Right? Uh, yeah. So there's basically two consequences of special relativity. One's time dilation and two is length contraction, right? And this deals with yeah. objects that travel at any velocity really. Relativity works out, but it really starts showing or really starts having big effects when you go close to speed of light or when you travel really 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 fast, right? And then two things happen, yeah. time dilation and length contraction. So I'm just going to talk about time dilation for a second over here, right? The way Einstein came up with it was that he was in a train one day, and he saw a clock tower, right? And he thought in his head, a thought experiment, that what if the train was traveling at the speed of light, right? So the light coming from the tower, showing him the time, and him, were moving at the same speed. So for him sitting in that train car, the time would never change because the clock right. would remain static, and the same light would travel with him at the same time. And because yeah. of that, he would never observe the clock changing. But that's right. only him. the clock was still continue to move and on on like yeah. in that town wherever he was people would still see time moving and time would still pass for them and because yeah. of that he came up with the idea of time dilation where basically if an object is traveling really really fast right on near the speed of light or at the speed of light theoretically time would slow down for them for that person moving at that speed they would experience time much 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 slower as compared to someone who was observing that person from a inertial or at rest frame of reference Right. Right. Yeah, and that, you can really think about it that way because he is inside the train, right? And hmm. inside the train, he's moving at the speed of light. So, for him, in that one second, he'll already have gone what three hundred million meters, right? So, hmm. but he doesn't perceive time like that. He's perceiving the speed as a regular. Uh, tr- he's perceiving the train as a regular train with regular speed. Yeah. So, as someone who, in If you're inside the train at that point, you believe that for the you, speed time that the stopped. train is, yeah, for you the speed the train is going at is the speed that you're accustomed to, the speed that the at which the world is moving. Yeah. So for you, that one se- for you one second in outside people's time won't be up until your train has moved three hundred million miles. So 
for him, right, yeah. sitting there watching the clock, the the clock just won't move. The second hand over there just won't move at all until theoretically yeah, the, he covers three hundred million. Flight, at the speed of light, the clock would really never move for him. Because yeah, as would. even when the clock moves and that light starts to travel, it would never actually catch him because he's moving at the same speed as the light. Yeah. So it would continue to travel towards him as the clock continues to move. The new yeah, but uh, it would never actually reach positions. him. He would never actually, he actually ever be able to see so, the second hand go to the next second. Yeah, and that's what, that's what that's what Saksham means. Like hmm. time, time for people outside the train. Yeah, the clock tower keeps ticking. Yeah, time is moving. But for anyone inside the train, time is simply just stopped. time has stopped. Yeah, yeah. The, if you were to travel at the speed of light, time would stop for you. Like you could stop yeah. time if you could travel at that speed. And I think a very interesting thing about this uh, is is the real okay fine. So actually, before that, let's talk about the formula. Okay, because physics we love formulas. <laughs> Basically. Um, to calculate how time would change for this person the person sitting in the train or in the moving uh, object for him time would move at the rate of 1 upon gamma into the time of normal people so if i'm sitting right. down and 5 seconds pass for me and wade's moving in a spaceship at light speed or at some speed close to the speed of light for him it would the time passed if 5 seconds pass for me for wade the time pass would be 5 upon gamma And gamma here is called the Lorentz yeah. factor, yeah. right? Which is a we want to get into exactly how to calculate the Lorentz factor over here. But basically, it's the time passed for the rest of us or at rest divided by the Lorentz factor for Wade, who's moving at a speed of light or close to it, right? And this was revolutionary. Yeah. Back in 1905, when this came out, everyone back then believed the speed of light was con- that time was constant. Sorry, that time was constant, and time for everyone. Right. Move the same yeah. No, the, his theory wasn't accepted. Like that would be ideal if it oh, was accepted. There was a lot was of years years later. There was a lot of controversy yeah, and hundred percent. Like, it wasn't accepted by the general uh, scientific public. And but years and years later, he finally got uh, recognition from other scientists and from publications, uh, uh, government authorities, yeah. uh, regarding his theories. And that's when people started accepting the theory of relativity. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. uh because everyone thought that time would flow the same for everyone like time for the longest time has been the for the longest time has been the constant that we use across physics across multiple quantities across so many equations we assume time yeah. to be a constant throughout but here einstein came up and said no time is not actually constant time can change depending on yeah. who you are how you're moving etc etc and that yeah. fundamentally changed almost everything in physics because the way we see it Almost all formulae require time unit, which is a constant. But like Einstein said, no, it's not yeah. a constant. Uh, it really had big waves across physics. And um, the second thing that we're going to talk about, actually, the second effect of special relativity, is length contraction. Right. Uh, basically, it's a smaller. Uh, it's not as famous as time dilation, but it's an equally important effect. The way it works is that if Wade was to travel at light speed in front of me, and I was sitting down at rest, and Wade was let's say a meter long, right, a meter tall. I would observe him to be at a smaller height than his actual height. For me, his length would contract, right? For like a person yeah. who's sitting at rest while he's moving at a very fast speed. Alternatively, for Ved, who's a frame of reference, for him obviously he can't grow shorter, right? Like he's not going to simply yeah. become shorter just by right. moving at a high speed. For him, he's still a meter long, a meter tall. For yeah. him, the distance he travels would become shorter. For him, if you if you traveled a kilometer, if I observed Ved traveling one kilometer. He would come back and say, "No, I actually traveled five hundred meters." Let's say, for example, right? It would be much shorter yeah. distance for him, according to his uh, whatever unit or whatever tool he uses to measure the distance traveled by him. 
he would record yeah. a much shorter distance than I yeah. would for. I'd record, I'd record five hundred meters. So like that's what he was using for example. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, Depending on the speed, lens contraction right. would become yeah. different. But also, since we're talking about the speed of light and objects moving at the speed of light, it's also important hmm. to talk about what happens when you move at a speed greater than the speed of light, right? Yeah. And that's where, oh yeah, and that's where Einstein's famous equation comes. I think this is just an equation that's known by everyone, like regardless yeah, the world's of most famous what, equation, yeah, I think it is. yeah, rega- regardless yeah. of like whatever subject or stream they're studying or what they know about physics or math or what they don't. <laughs> and the equation, um. Sure, everyone knows this is E equals mc square, which is yeah. energy equals mass into the speed of light squared. And this is this is actually the um, this is actually the equation that you use uh, once an object starts moving faster than the speed of light. This equation comes into play, and yeah. what this what essentially happens here is that it becomes infinitely big, right, in size, and it then requires. Um, like infinite energy to be able to push yeah. It. Basically, this right. equation puts into perspective just how uh, mass and energy essentially are convertible; they're interchangeable, right? So yeah. theoretically, so that that's why the speed of light is the limit in space. You cannot go faster than the speed of light, like Wade said. Uh, why? Yeah. Because the minute you do that, your mass expands infinitely, which means then you require an infinite amount of energy to be moved. Right, so when you yeah. reach speed of light, theoretically, your mass will become infinite, and you would require an infinite amount of energy to move that infinite mass to the speed of light, which is impossible. You can't get that. Uh, so because yeah. of this one equation, it shows that uh, you can't actually travel the speed of light, or even faster than that. You always have to be under the speed of light. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and actually, there's an exception over here, obviously, where you know light travels the speed of light. Right. So how does light travel the speed of light? How do we have radiation, gamma rays? Uh, X-rays, etc., etc., travel at the speed of light. Well, that's because these ion packages called photons, and photons don't yeah. actually have any weight; they have zero mass. Yeah. So if you were to apply E is equal to mc square. Yeah, they're simply on particles. Them. They aren't actually, they aren't actually like matter bodies with matter or any mass in them. They don't have yeah, any there is, weight. There is any no mass. Or any mass. They have zero mass. It's, they're simply particles. They exist, but they mm-hmm. have zero mass. Yeah. So if you were to multiply zero into c square. It's zero, so they don't require yeah. energy to move at that speed. That's why light is the only thing that can travel at light speed, or radiation is the right. only thing that can travel at light speed. Uh, that's an exception to the rule. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but also there are even apart from the equation. Let's say okay, fine. You don't want to believe in E is equal to mc square. So what? So what? Just like four letters around in a on a piece of paper. How can they explain whether I can go fast in light or not? Well, there are other reasons as well. One very big thing is that if you were to travel at the speed of light. You could theoretically beat cause and effect, which is the fundamental of any science. Like anything in science is based on cause and effect. I hit my hand, my hand hurts, right? Yeah. A reversal of this would not only break science, it would break everything that we know in in like the universe, right? Just this right. logic purely yeah. will just go out. This, the this is the basic laws of the universe, right? Like there's some things that are universal, exactly. like math, for example, right? It doesn't matter mm-hmm. where you are in space, what planet you're on, what creature you are. Math still applies yeah. and math still works because it's one of the fundamental laws that govern the universe. Yeah. Like this, we have cause and effect, and you just can't break it. But if, if theoretically, you could move faster than the speed of light, you would be breaking cause and effect, which is the very yeah set and like rigid order in which events happen. Yeah, that's like there is nothing if cause and effect don't exist. You know, if right. if yeah. my hand starts hurting and then I hit my hand. Yeah. Like it can lead to all sorts of chain problems that you can see around the world, right? Uh, yeah. 
and if you would try out the speed of light, you could theoretically beat cause and effect. Like you could make something happen and then have the cause of it happen later after that, which is just insane. It's beyond comprehension and it's just not possible as far as we know right now. And because of that, Einstein said and established firmly that the speed of light is the speed limit of the universe. You cannot go faster than the speed of light. You can't even reach the speed of light actually. Uh, because yeah. it will already be cause and effect, which will break everything, and that's why it's not possible. We'll actually come back to this a bit later uh, when we're talking about other stuff. Uh, but let's move on, right? So this was special yeah. relativity. 1905, Einstein's great achievement discovery, right? right? Ten years later, he actually moved on and created what's called general relativity. Right? Sounds well which known, is, but it is also yeah. very important. Yeah, also very important. In fact, that's what we use today uh, to replace Newton's laws of motion essentially a gravitation around the universe to get very 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 accurate predictions of when stuff's gonna happen how stuff moves etc etc with, with what's general relativity take, take us through the theory how does it work what's it talk about okay so as Akshum said right general mm-hmm. relativity is kind of a replacement for Newtonian physics because special relativity is for the special circumstances in which an object is moving at a speed that's close mm-hmm. to the speed of light or at the speed of light but what about you know, the rest of physics, the rest of matter, like, again, I have my mouse here. If I push this, it's moving at a speed that's not even close to the speed yeah. of light. It's moving no at a speed that, yeah, it's moving at a speed at which normal objects move. And until now, or until Einstein came along, we would have used Newtonian physics to explain the movement and the behavior of such objects. But um, what Einstein basically did with the theory of general relativity is he gave us a modern definition of gravity, right? Newton's definition of gravity was that any body that has mass uh, automatically um, emits a force of attraction, and that's called gravity, and it attracts every single object in existence according to two factors, two variables actually, and those are masses and distance, the masses masses of the bodies that are being attracted and the distance between them, yeah. Hmm. But um, Einstein's theory isn't actually based on that. Einstein talks about how massive objects, right, like celestial bodies and the like, they actually warp space-time. Right? So you have a massive object like a black hole, right? Hmm. Something where the force of gravity is just so strong. Light doesn't behave normally near black holes. It actually hmm. bends around an object like a black hole. And that's something that Newtonian physics just couldn't explain, right? Because Newtonian physics, yeah. things just worked according to a very rigid definition. But... Hmm. Einstein came along and he explained how these massive objects actually warp space and time. Like, again, it's similar to how if you take a trampoline, right, and you drop a ball there, you know, suppose you drop a ball. A heavy bowling ball. Yeah, a heavy bowling ball. And it spins around the trampoline and it spins and spins and spins and goes towards the center. And while it's doing that, it also creates a depression in the middle of the trampoline, right? Mm -hmm. It lowers the trampoline. It warps the trampoline surface. Yeah, yeah. According to Newtonian physics, the trampoline would just stay flat while all this rolling is happening. But Einstein came along, gave us the modern definition of gravity and showed how these heavy objects can actually warp space and time. And this yeah. example of the bowling ball is actually what you see in our solar system, right? Yeah, in the middle, so, right, you have the sun. It's a massive hmm. object in the middle of the solar system. And because it's so massive, it warps space and time. And it creates a sort of depression where the planets go spinning, spinning, spinning around it, just like the bowling ball where go spinning around the trampoline while creating the depression in the middle. The sun is so massive that its gravity is that depression, and it causes those um, 
planets to go spinning around it similar to the bowling yeah. ball in the trampoline. Yeah, I think, game. you know, we were talking about space-time actually. I just want to interject and uh, define what space-time really is. So, basically, yeah. special relativity, which we talked about a second ago, connected space and time together in, in a theory, right? So, Einstein took space and time and said space and time is a fabric, like an XY plane, all right? Space and time together form a plane, like a, like a, like a trampoline surface, as we talked about, yeah. right? And that is called space-time. And these large objects like Vaitsa, like the sun, black hole, etc, etc. I like the bowling ball in the middle, which warps space-time, bend it, right? And that yeah. bending causes gravity. So when space-time already warped with the bowling ball in the middle of a trampoline, for example, and you throw another ball at it, or like a, a golf ball, let's say, right? The golf ball will continue to spin around it, right? Because of the depression, the warping of space and time. And since said that is gravity. And that's why planets go around the sun like that, because of that warping of space and time. And that was the general theory of relativity. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just to be clear over here as well, like Newton's laws of gravitation did explain planet, planets moving around. Like they had an estimation of it, but Einstein was just that much better. It was just much, much more accurate yeah, was, compared to what Newton's more precise laws could do. And it could explain it in a very exact and detailed manner, right? Newton's yeah. laws still work, right? And they do still work, which is why they still teach it in school and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you can explain it for most objects. You can explain the motion of most objects using Newton's With Newton's laws. laws, yeah. It would be yeah. futile to use relativity to explain Ved throwing his mouse, for example. It's just not Yeah, it's, it's not significant enough, enough and it's not, and yeah. it's not enough mass to warrant um, those complex calculations. Yeah, or speed, mm-hmm. yeah. But when you get to stuff that's a lot bigger, like the sun, that's where hmm. um, Einstein's theory of general relativity comes into play. Yeah, you really got to make sure your calculations are that at that stage are yeah. really precise and really accurate. Yeah. Uh, that's why Einstein comes in. Yeah, that's why he's the most important uh, scientist ever and one of the most important people as well. Uh, and that's yeah. why we're talking about relativity over here because relativity actually forms the backbone of space travel, really, right? Like we can't imagine going out in space if we didn't have relativity to help guide us yeah. through it, right? And because of that, we felt it important to talk and really get technical with the physics over here uh, when explaining relativity because we want to also talk about space travel now in the future uh, in this episode yeah. in a bit over here. Yeah. Uh, a very interesting uh, side effect, really, or like a very interesting th- uh, discovery with uh, Einstein's yeah. relativity is the fact that you can time travel almost in a way, right? Because of time dilation, essentially, if I was to travel very, very fast, time would move slowly for me and yeah. faster for Vade. So because of it, yeah. theoretically, if I was to go at like closer light speed somewhere, right? And let's say I go to Mars and come back, right? Yeah. I would have aged, let's say five years, for example. Again, it's very handy math. It's not accurate. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Yeah. Let's yeah. just say, for, for example, right? I aged five years. But because I was traveling at that speed, time was moving slowly for me. And because of that, when I come back and time is normal for Vade, how it's always been, Vade could have aged 15 years. The entirety of Earth could have moved 15 years into the future while I only aged 5 years. Right. So theoretically, could, I have sort of time travel now. I've come yeah. 15 years in the future while I'm only spending 5 years of my own life. Yeah. So it's, it's actually, the, the difference in time could be a lot more drastic for you know, because again, this is, yeah. uh, like, this is hand of the wave of we have the hand math actually, yeah. right? Because it's a, it's it's a completely theoretical, and we no one's actually tried it out because you can't actually go at the speed of light. So yeah, for all we know, for all we know, at the speed of light, you could go to some other distant planet or um, I don't know, galaxy or whatever mm-hmm. in like a year and come back. And on Earth, everyone will have aged um, fifty thousand years, right? Yeah. 
yeah, and then everyone knows it so that. much more drastic. Just yeah, exactly. Way, way, way yeah. Humans could be dead at that point. Like, you, you yeah, I know. think even science, even astronauts who have been space, like have been in space around the ISS and and moon missions, etc., etc., are yeah. actually a small fraction for second younger than all of us in a way. They, right. they're, yeah. Like their time has moved a little bit slowly for them as compared to the all uh, all of us. Again, relativity is at play over here, but because they haven't really gone that fast or that far beyond Earth, the effects are very minor but if you were to go into deep space travel and stuff these effects would become way way bigger and i think interstellar the movie by christopher yeah. nolan is a good example of it where they land on the planet spend half an hour and go back to the spaceship while the astronaut they left behind their friend ages like seven ten years uh right. and if if you, if you haven't watched the movie i would 100 recommend it go watch interstellar it's great right. for it's space great people who like <laughs> or yeah. into space uh and yeah so uh so far like we talked about time traveling into the future you might be wondering can we go back into the past so far there's no way we don't think we can go back into the past because again if you were if you were able to go back into the past that would also violate cause and effect in a way and you also run into yeah, a bunch of problems a bunch of paradoxes like the grandfather paradox uh and it's just really not something that logically seems possible forget theoretically or even practically in that sense uh yeah. So because of that if you were if you want to go back in time you have to wait for a couple of years now we don't really know where that's going uh as of now. But you know what let's 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 for one second assume that we can travel in space. You know let's assume that we can reach light speed. Let's assume that we can you know uh we have this perfect rocket that can take us anywhere in space. Uh we can go at light speed and we can really go wherever we want to go. Right? Let's assume that happens. Yeah. Right? What happens then? Like what kind of problems could we run into then? Right, like, like, is that st- is it possible? Then, if if I could travel light speed, and if I could, you know, get the best rocket possible, and I could get the best technology, will I then be able to go to a different galaxy? Right. I mean, let's look at the situation first, right? Like, how would this work? Really? If you have hmm. this perfect uh, relativistic rocket that's capable of approaching light speed, like, how would that stop? Yeah. You can't directly move at light speed. I'm assuming you'd you start have to accelerate some- up to there. Yeah, you'd start yeah, at some I mean, if you particular... were to go from zero to light speed in like a second, just the sheer force of accelerating at that speed, yeah, that short everything will be obliterated. Yeah, it won't yeah. kill you. Obliterate all the matter involved in yeah. the process. It'll probably so, break everything. Okay, yeah, you know what? Let's let's assume um, you started zero um, <laughs> meters per second and you accelerate at a rate of I don't know one g. Right? G is the yeah. um, acceleration due to gravity here on Earth. It's approximately nine point eight meters per second. Let's take it as ten. So, for this, for yeah, this example, let's take it as ten. You're accelerating so, at ten meters per second square, continuously, yeah. right continuously, from zero. Like so it's a pretty normal force. You're used to it. Yeah. You can comfortably until, until you reach until you reach um, the speed of light. Yeah. Um, if you if you accelerate at a rate of one g, you would reach the speed of light in a year, approximately, right? You. Yeah, reach light speed in a year. Yeah, yeah. And it's not you possible. also assume not possible, but, but like just since do, we're doing the we do. theoretical um, assumption yeah. of the um, rocket and everything, hmm. and then you also have to, in order for this to happen, you you also have to be one hundred percent fuel efficient, right? Like the energy, yeah, the fuel you're putting in, has point, to, all of it has to be converted into energy that the rocket is using. Kinetic energy. Yeah, None of at it this can be point, if like we're that advanced in technology, or anything else. Um, yeah. Our rockets really have to be 100% fuel efficient, like we had said. Basically, all the fuel in the rocket is converted into energy. 100% of the fuel is converted into 100% of the energy. No heat, no yeah. light, nothing is lost really, right? Yeah. And and that's the only way that we'll be able to do this experiment, right? Because when you're talking of reaching at speed of light over here, fuel becomes a pretty big deal 
you know because think about it the more fuel you put on the rocket the more fuel you need to power that fuel's weight to light speed yeah. right and when you're traveling at you know millions of light years of distance uh that becomes a pretty big deal right and there's only so much fuel you can put on a rocket so to be to maximize the amount of fuel that's being used we're going to assume that we have a 100% efficient fuel reaction which doesn't exist right now but yeah. theoretically an antima- antimatter and matter reaction an annihilation reaction should be 100% efficient fuel so let's say we have that reaction in a rocket right completely theoretically let's say we have that moving continuously at an acceleration of 1g we reach light speed in a year even then we won't be able to travel too uh, too far away compared to where we are right now we won't be able to go really really far and that's because of the sheer amount of fuel required yeah. right let me just put like some numbers out here right let's say you want to go 4.3 light years away all right small distance yeah. it would take you about 3.6 years in this rocket and the fuel required will be about 38 kgs okay small amount of fuel 40 kg fuel pretty easy to get you know you get the yeah. fuel you go this is this is a, this is assuming your rocket is 100% fuel efficient yeah which is not possible right now so yeah, yeah let's just say it happens it'll take you 3.6 years you'll get there with 40 kgs of fuel right cool let's you want to go a bit further 27 light years all right it'll take you 6.6 years to get there uh and the fuel needed would be 890 kg you know it's, it's an exponential jump over here but i think you know a ton of fuels reasonable we can we can get that much fuel we can go on the rocket right rockets are big 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 spaceships it's doable yeah right so let's say you go on a little holiday 27 light years away yeah. but now you're getting a bit ambitious right you want to go 30000 light years away which is one third of the milky way's distance right let's say you want to go across the galaxy to a different solar system meet some friends over there right it'll take you 20 years to get there firstly <laughs> uh and it'll take you 950000 tons not kgs tons of antimatter and matter fuel at a 100% efficiency yeah. it would take you let's, almost a million tons of fuel just to get there yeah. you know let's let's go one step more let's go one step further oh you, you want to be on that okay how, fine yeah, let's just see how <laughs> large numbers get yeah okay yeah. so suppose you wanted to go 2 million light years right again mm-hmm. okay we're dealing in light years but 2 million is a huge amount right Two million light years. Light would, would take two million years to cross that. Yeah, at that's how many three hundred million meters per second. Yeah. So two hundred million, two. I'm sorry, two million light years, right? Would yeah. take you twenty-eight years, right, to cover in your rocket. That's accelerating. Ten more years than I've lived around here. <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> it's accelerating at a rate of one g. So it would take you twenty-eight <laughs> years in the rocket, and the fuel yeah. needed would be four thousand. million tons that's okay, 4 so that's billion tons say that again right 4000 million billion tons tons yeah the, the previously we had 950000 tons for a 30000 light years for 2 million light years 4000 4000 million tons that's huge that's that's not yeah, you that's can't 4 put 4 million tons. tons of fuel in any any rocket yeah. it's just not possible yeah that's not possible i mean i don't so think basically, you can put 950000 tons either i can't go at the speed of light Everything is too far yeah. away. Even if I was to go to the speed of light, I still can't go too far away. Right. It's not looking I, great for humans, you know. It's. it's yeah. uh, I'm not super optimistic. We're not making. <laughs> Are we ever going to go to space? <laughs> we're, we're not, not making out of the Milky out. Way. I mean, it's just it's not there yet. It's just not yeah. not our cup of tea. Yeah. But yeah, All you right. know what? Let's let's go. Let's change subject a little bit. You know, let's talk about uh, some 
something a bit Smaller more upbeat like, i guess you know yeah. less technical really upbeat, is it? <laughs> it's not it's not upbeat but like it's it's less technical and more like you know wow light more wow <laughs> much wow <laughs> much yeah. wow Yeah. Uh, so let's so talk about we talked about we talked about planets we talked about stars solar systems galaxies yeah. clusters super clusters observable universes right a very cool phenomenon that happens in the universe uh you know around there yeah. uh is something called a supernova right, right. you might have heard the term before it's a very popular term in pop culture and science fiction uh but what does it really mean like what's exactly a supernova though yeah so what supernova basically is right it's a very It's not simple, but it's there is one a very specific event. It's the explosion of a star, right? Because the way the, the way a star works, right? Uh, okay. A star has a core that is filled with nuclear <laughs> fuel, and yeah. a, that nuclear fuel keeps burning. And as it burns, the star shines, right? It gives out light, <laughs> and that light is a direct conversion of the nuclear fuel into um, into light energy through <laughs> some through a chain of um, chemical reactions, right? but a supernova occurs when this star explodes and the way it explodes is all of it happens at the core of the star at the center where all this nuclear fuel is located right there's usually yeah. a change that occurs in the core of the star and this and this change leads to a supernova which is where the star explodes and we usually can't see these explosions in the milky way because mm-hmm. um there's dust like just clouding the atmosphere and the sky and Um, yeah. it, cl- it basically obstructs the view, and we aren't able to see <laughs> um, supernovas in the Milky Way. Recently. So, Johannes Kepler, right? He's, he was a famous <laughs> um, astronomer. Um, most people will have heard of him. He actually yeah. observed um, the last supernova uh, in the Milky Way in <laughs> the early uh, in the early seventeenth um, century. Seventy. Like, it's Ooh. been four centuries, and it's, no it's been human a long time. has. Yeah, four centuries and no human has observed a supernova in the Milky Way. Yeah. Yeah. There are actually two. Yeah, there are actually two ways that this. No, but actually, to, before again, you, before you talk said, about that, uh, yeah. supernovas. I mean, although tragic, because you know it's, it's stars dying. Yeah. <laughs> it's the demise of a star, but it's some of the most beautiful stuff ever. I think there are like simulations and and theoretical images yeah. that we've constructed with computer algorithms about how supernovas yeah. really look. Uh, and you can check that out online. Actually, it's it's some of the most beautiful. NASA has got a telescope called the Chandra Telescope, right? Okay. And it discovered the remains of a you know, more recent supernova. Hmm. I, recent as in compared to the Kepler one. So this one exploded okay. in the Milky Way. Um, I think a little over a century ago, and mm-hmm. NASA's Chandra Telescope actually you know, discovered its remains. And so I think they oh, have wow. images of that up on their website, or you can find it on Google. And yes, yeah, so you want to yeah. if you want to see what a supernova looks like because it looks it looks really beautiful. Just it's one of the Google most it. beautiful things ever. It, it's really really yeah. like a and the fact that it happens naturally, you know, it's not we're not making a supernova happen. We possibly couldn't. Yeah. But uh the fact that it just happens and it's and it's so pretty. Uh yeah. it's really a once in a lifetime thing. I mean, if we get to witness yeah. supernova, it'll truly be uh, a highlight yeah. of one's lifetime because it doesn't really happen very often. We don't get to yeah. see most of them happen because they happen too far away, there's too much dust, etc., etc. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's really something that's very rare. It's something very cool to see, even though it's a star dying. It's kind of <laughs> ironic in that sense. But now yeah, let's, let's get into supernovas. Let's get back to the physics. Let's get back to the physics. Back to the how physics. How supernovas <laughs> happen, right? How they occur. Hmm. There are actually two main ways that supernovas can occur, right? Again, mm-hmm. it, it happens because of a change in the core of the star. But there are actually two main changes that can take place, which cause supernova to occur. So. 
the first one doesn't occur in individual stars it actually happens in a binary star system right and okay as the name suggests right binary star systems basically have two stars right it's where two stars orbit the same point right kind of just going around in a circle maybe opposite each other or <laughs> closer to each other but basically they um they orbit the circumference of the, uh, the same circle right the same point and in every binary star system where supernova can occur there'll be one star that's the, that scientists and astronomers astronauts they nickname it the white dwarf okay and the okay. this white dwarf star in the binary star system is it's a carbon oxygen star it's comprised entirely of carbon and oxygen and what mm-hmm. it does is it basically steals matter from the other star so it's not the other star doesn't explode on its own the, the white dwarf the carbon oxygen star in this binary star system steals matter from the other star and what eventually happens is the white dwarf itself after accumulating too much matter for it to handle it explodes it causes a supernova so it basically has too much wow. matter because it's been stealing too much and it can't handle that like gigantic amount of matter you know mm-hmm. there's something that's supposed it's way more than one star is supposed to have and yeah. that causes it to explode and that's that's actually the first type of supernova that is possible wow okay yeah it's like a, it's a full story to it yeah <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a very gradual process that essentially leads to the star in the end dying yeah. uh, and exploding really in a supernova wow okay uh, but that's not the only type of supernova there are there are other types you know like Veid said a star is a core where there's nuclear yeah. reactions happening constantly and those reactions form mm. the remainder of the star even our sun is exactly yeah. like that sun works on basically the same stuff Uh, yeah. It's constant nuclear fusion reactions happening in the sun, which is the temperature, which then has heat. The heat comes out, radiation comes out, and that's the stu- the sun essentially. Um, the second type of supernova occurs at the end of a single star's lifetime. So here, there's no two stars, there's no moving around in any orbit. It's just one okay. star, right? And at the end of the life lifetime, as a star runs out of nuclear fuel, basically the helium or the hydrogen that it combines together, that runs out. The core is completely empty now. There's no more. uh reactants to have a nuclear reaction with and when it runs out of that nuclear fuel all some of the mass of the star the entire thing that's built around it flows into the core okay and basically the core becomes so heavy as the mass flows into it that it can yeah. no longer withstand its own gravitational force so it essentially oh. collapses on itself it implodes in a way right which oh, wow. sounds very gruesome when you describe it that way yeah. but that results in a giant explosion uh, in, a, in a beautiful supernova And that's so exactly what's going to happen to the sun actually. It in like 5.5 billion years, the sun was predicted to run out of uh, a fuel for nuclear reactions in 5.5 billion years, and then the sun yeah. will explode in a supernova, and a lot of planets around there are probably going to go into disarray, break, blast, etc., etc. And uh, yeah, that's going to be the end of us. <laughs> wow. Speaking of the end of things, oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How optimistic. <laughs> We just keep yeah. going up. <laughs> this keeps getting worse, but in a way it keeps getting better because no, there's just power. But no. So, Deep. yeah, we talk Sachin just mentioned the <laughs> end of this sun, right? Which obviously yep. is bad because it, it means the end of the solar system as we know it. But things can get a lot bigger than just the end of the sun, right? Mm-hmm. We So, just how big? Well, the end of the universe. All ninety-three billion light years, as Both we know gone. it. Yeah, all gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like How's it's something that that's actually possible. Like, uh, uh, 
before researching mm-hmm. this actually i thought this would be an extremely vague concept right i thought it would be similar to yeah. the beginning of the universe right no one really knows what happens that's mm-hmm. not the case actually there are actually three main theories that scientists have come yeah. up with which are extremely detailed and logical mm-hmm. and i mean unfortunately they also sound very like likely They're very so, possible yeah the three yeah. theories basically are the big freeze the big rip and the big crunch the big crunch which yeah. we at the fry circuit have translated into matter stays intact everything gets ripped apart and the universe swallows itself and yeah. the other two we have a casual terms itself yeah so um yeah so we start off with the big freeze which is one of the most probable ones right and as saksham said right now think of it as matter staying intact the universe ends but mm-hmm. everything stays intact in a way and the way this basically works is um everything is expanding right the universe is expanding right now as we know and has been expanding since the beginning of time since the big bang so the universe is expanding will continue to expand but as mm-hmm. of now the universe isn't uniform right there are some parts yeah. that are just empty some parts have a star some parts have a solar system galaxies black holes you the universe is basically littered with these different attractions and different things and um right now the universe is completely irregular and non-uniform but as the the expansion of the universe keeps going on what hap- will happen is th- this force of expansion the universe is um applying to everything will basically smoothen everything out of it it'll sort of it'll spread everything that's in the mm-hmm. universe contained in the universe evenly uh, so um the black hole so we have a black hole on one side we have just empty space on the other the black hole is clearly greater in terms of the force of gravity and mass all of that yeah. but as the universe goes on expanding and just expanding expanding over like i don't know hundreds of millions billions of years um mm-hmm. that black hole will just get evenly spread until it's so thin is basically like empty space right and what ha- so what's happening here it's going to evaporate basically yeah it'll basically going to evaporate so that's what will happen with every single bit of matter everything will get spread out so thinly it'll basically be even the entire mm-hmm. universe will be even uh, the the gas even clouds, to a point right? and the fuse really yeah yeah the gas clouds that help help form stars right those will dissipate mm-hmm. the the black holes themselves as saksham said will evaporate the even the light particles right again we said they don't have any matter but they're still there in the universe still present Mm-hmm. light particles themselves will fizzle out right and so everything gets spread so evenly so thinly and everything just fizzles out the universe in a way just turns off it just gets snuffed out just goes out so yeah. while the, the matter is still there still present mm-hmm. it's so evenly spread that the whole universe just snuffs itself it's like out. putting a fire out it's just it's just gone yeah exactly yeah poof yeah yeah and that that's quite scary <laughs> if you think about <laughs> it everything we know just gone But yeah, we have two more of those situations for you, so don't worry. We have two more, and and it's up to you to judge which one do you think is the worst. Would you rather be yeah. snuffed out, or would you rather keep be ripped apart? This one sounds a bit more gruesome, but yeah, the second theory, the big rip, where everything gets ripped yeah. apart. So in this theory, essentially, what happens is that when the universe is expanding, everything gets pulled <laughs> apart. All right, but because galaxies like the Milky Way have mass because of black holes, suns, uh, sorry, stars, planets, etc., etc., they stay together. the gravity essentially yeah. pulls galaxies together but the universe itself is ex- expanding outwards at some point the universe's expansion becomes so strong that the gravity that's holding the galaxies together can no longer hold it together right and the small parts like uh, black holes and stars they get ripped apart essentially everything then gets torn, torn up into small individual particles and these single particles just drift around so basically yeah. how the big bang made particles and matter and the matter then combined to form what we have today these are always going to happen over here it's going to expand and tear so much that everything's going to re- to come to, everything's going to come back 
for the same yeah. particles that started it all. And those particles yeah. just be around, drifting around, and yeah. doing whatever. It's so strong that really. everything will get ripped down to the bare essentials. Every single yeah. piece of matter, every single particle. Tear the universe apart. Every right. bit It'll of matter is going to get tear, torn apart. Individual particles just floating yeah. around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and now yeah, we come to the third segment. and the final one. Yeah, the uh, big crunch. All right. Okay. Yeah, and people on the internet seem to disagree, but I personally think this is. Quite the possibly the most. I think it's the most terrifying one. Most <laughs> terrifying inter- one. Yeah, people okay. on the internet actually think it's like you know the the least terrifying one. I think it's the most terrifying one, because what basically okay. happens here is instead of the universe mm-hmm. sort of shutting down, you know, and like instead of the universe is shutting down and stuffing out, yeah. like you know, peacefully, like with the candle thing in in the big freeze, big or freeze. maybe in the big, or maybe in the That's big rip. I think it's. I think the big freeze is my personal favorite. I'd I think. I think it, yeah, it's the most peaceful one, right? Yeah. Yeah, everything just gets snuffed out like a candle, or like in the big ship, everything mm. is ripped apart, but it's still there. It's, it's, it was in the big yeah. freeze, in my opinion, but like still there. The big crunch, according to me, is the most horrifying one and the most sci-fi one, which is basically yeah. the universe swallows itself. It just consumes Ooh. itself, and then it's just gone out. So I'll tell you how this happens. Okay. How, how scientists think th- how scientists think this will happen. Mm-hmm. So, so it basically happens here is. Gravity slowly but surely becomes the most powerful force in the universe, right? Because um, the gravity of the universe, at its core, that's holding the universe together, mm-hmm. it will slowly become the most powerful force in the universe. And because of this, because gra- the force of gravity will then be greater mm-hmm. than the force of expansion, the rate of expansion of the universe of the universe will decrease. And as okay. this goes on, as the gravity becomes stronger and stronger, and the force of expansion becomes weaker. The universe mm-hmm. will not only stop expanding; it'll actually start shrinking. And when the universe Ooh. starts shrinking, so it's the opposite the uni- of the Big Rip, essentially, where gravity becomes yeah. more powerful and right. expansion force. Right. Yeah. And what happens here is, um, not like it's not it's not things won't get destroyed because you can't destroy matter mm-hmm. with energy. Everyone knows that. Things won't destroy. Things will just get compressed and get compact and just closer to one another, right? So yeah. these galaxies that you have, they're extremely you know spread out far away from each mm-hmm. other. These galaxies will, because the universe as a whole is decreasing in size, the galaxies will also get forced together together until they actually meet. And then entire galaxies will crash into each other, right? And when stuff like this happens, when when you have so curve. much, yeah, when you have hmm. you know such large pieces of matter cr- crashing into into each other, the temperatures will go straight up, right? It will be hmm. there'll be forms of heat that have never been seen before, and these. Levels of heat will actually rip atoms apart, and they'll cook stars from the inside. It, it'll be such large-scale destruction that entire galaxies will get ripped down to their atoms. And mm-hmm. stars themselves—stars that burn so brightly and are so so hot, so hot, star, yeah. yeah, they get cooked from the inside, right? And this will happen. This will happen to the Imagine smaller. Imagine cooking uh, a nuclear fusion reaction. Like yeah. nuclear fusion reaction is the the most the most powerful reaction that we know on Earth at least the the biggest way to right. generate energy essentially. Right, right. Imagine cooking that. Yeah, exactly. And mm. yeah, basically, it'll start off with it'll start off with the galaxies, right? Galaxies crash into, into each other, and obviously, the smaller pieces of matter, like the planets and black holes and all, will also crash into each other and get destroyed, get ripped apart. Mm-hmm. But that's where black holes are special because black holes consume matter, right? Black holes okay. have this huge force of gravity that consume matter. I mean, black mm-hmm. holes crash into each other. They won't get destroyed. Black holes will just crash into each other and converge into bigger black holes. And as this happens, 
with mm-hmm. more and more black holes as they individually consume other matter and combine to form bigger black holes it'll all eventually just before the big crunch happens it'll all eventually converge into this one mega black hole that ends up swallowing the universe Ooh, and that's okay. how and that's how the Christmas uh, big crunch happens. all roll up in a yeah. ball go inside a black hole never to be seen again yeah i think that's the most terrifying one yeah yeah i think i think i'll back you on that oh god <laughs> that does not sound good <laughs> but you know what on a on a slightly happier note right yeah. all is going to happen billions of years from now when we're all going to be dead and humanity probably won't exist anymore uh so we should be fine for the most part right we hope anyway you yeah. know despite all this even if some humans go will be fine <laughs> Yeah. Even after all this, uh assuming you were still somehow brave enough to venture out in the, into the depths of space. Uh we're now going to talk about space exploration. Right? Who wants to go to space? Personally, I'd love to go to space. Like if I got to go to, like to the moon, to to Mars, yeah. you know, short short distance yeah. trips. Uh <laughs> they I, seem they seem I, like small I, I ambitions now compared to everything we've discussed. But yeah, short distances. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I'd love to go to space and and I'm not the only one. There are actually a, a bunch of billionaires, almost like a race between the billionaires, yeah. uh, who want to go to space and who want to, you know, start commercial space travel. Uh, Richard yeah. Branson makes space tourism an industry. <laughs> space tourism an industry. Yeah, it's, it's they're creating yeah. essentially what's a new industry and supplying everything for that industry themselves. Yeah. Right, and I find it quite cool actually. You know, like if I could get to buy a ticket to a plane that'll take me to space for like an, a day or two, and then I can come back. Yeah. That sounds pretty cool to me. I mean, I I definitely do it. If I could afford it, right? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it's going to be incredibly expensive. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. We, we cover that right now. Right now, right uh, now. a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah, there. Somewhere from there to like dollars. Oh, these are the um, yeah. Virgin Galactic tickets. Richard Branson. The Virgin Galactic tickets. Right now, um, hmm. they cost around two hundred fifty thousand dollars each, and so far they've actually generated um, revenue north of eighty million dollars. Wow. Okay, people are yeah. really want to go to space. Yeah, which <laughs> but, which means. More than what three thirty-two tickets have been bought. Yeah, three twenty, three twenty. My bad. Three twenty tickets have been bought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's incredible. But yeah, so Richard yeah. Branson, owner of the Virgin Group, owner of Virgin Galactic, on July eleventh was the first person to make a commercial space flight. Yeah. Right. That was just five uh, days. He's beat everyone, and his company Virgin Galactic is now offering people commercial space flights. Uh, yeah. But there are some questions regarding its validity because he only went up eighty-six kilometers in space. Which some right. some are saying isn't the official boundary of space, even though the U.S. considers considers it to be. Some people yeah. say you have to go at least a hundred kilometers up there to actually. Some people are saying he space. just made it to the um to, you know, to the extremes of our atmosphere. Not yeah, he didn't really go to what's called space. Yeah. Uh, but who knows? So so far, he is the first billionaire to make it to space. Uh, someone who's hot on his tail, uh, Jeff Bezos, with his Blue Origin company, he's actually right. flying uh on July twentieth, which is four days from now. He's going to take to the skies yeah. and uh, go to space. And Very you know, close. We, we the Bill Nye Space Race. <laughs> the Bill Nye Space Race. How is this yeah. even a term? How is this a real thing? Yeah. Like no one um, would have believed you maybe like a year or two ago if you yeah, talked about there will be billionaires the racing to go to space. Yeah. But yeah, but now it's happening company, in the same fortnight. In the same fortnight. Yeah, exactly. Even his company Blue Origin wants to offer commercial space flights where you can pay a bunch of money, get on a plane, go to space. Uh, I'm down. Honestly, if I could, I would definitely do it. Yeah, but, but you know it's what? expensive and hasn't been tested yet. But eventually, eventually, who knows, right? Might become yeah, more knows? affordable. It'll be tried and tested for sure. People will be dying to go out 
space. Oh, 100%. 100%. It's, it's definitely um, a very big uh, attraction for people. But now we yeah. come to our favorite billionaire, a man who we've mentioned <laughs> now on three episodes out of four of the Fried Circuit. Uh, the Doge father himself, Elon Musk with SpaceX. How can we uh, can we ever cover a topic without talking about Elon Musk? This man has his hands everywhere. He's, every yeah, doing everything. Fingers in every pie. He's just yep. working in every industry. Changing the world. Wow. Elon Musk. Yeah. We love you, Elon Musk. Please come on the podcast, please. Um... <laughs> uh, but yeah, essentially his company is called SpaceX. Uh, they have a slightly different model. You know, so far SpaceX, I think, is, is the longest running company, I think, out of Blue yeah. Origin and Virgin Galactic. They've been around for a long time. They're doing a lot of cool stuff. Uh, they're more focused on making rockets that can be reused after flight. So basically, before when we used to have rockets going into space, they used to come back on re-entry and burn up. Essentially, and get destroyed on the way back, right? SpaceX has successfully made rockets that could go up to space and come back and land and then can be reused again uh, to go back to space and come back. Now this significantly reduces the cost of space travel, which makes it much easier in the end for us to go to space in a, in a more long-term sense, right? right. So, yeah. and, and SpaceX's ultimate aim as on the website also is that they want to colonize Mars and also put a network of satellites, uh, satellites up around uh, Earth, right? Yeah, the Starlink and, and this, the Starlink satellites, exactly. And creating reusable rockets is the first step to that. Like we can't colonize Mars and, Mars and have direct flights to there unless we can use rockets again and again. Otherwise, the cost is prohibitively high. The cost is way too high, um, which is why um, Elon Musk and SpaceX and mm-hmm. actually a few other companies, but primarily SpaceX, are experimenting with um, reusable rocket stages. Right? The state yeah. stages of the rocket are basically the parts that get disposed um, as the rocket takes off. Yeah, mm-hmm. takes flight. Um, so that it actually, um, so it has a first stage, a second stage, a third stage. And those uh, get yeah. disposed of as the rocket goes further into space. So um, hmm. SpaceX and because of them, a lot of other companies are actually experimenting with um, reusable rocket stages. I think they have been successful with this, which is a huge. It's a huge yeah. step in the right direction because this is essential. You you can it's it's like if you mm-hmm. have a car and you replace the car every time you make a trip, right? You buy a new one. That's yeah. just. That's that just won't work. Yeah, <laughs> this is not doable. That, 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 yeah. that doesn't work in the, in the long run. The same way, you need to mm-hmm. be able to reuse these spacecraft. And I think mm-hmm. what they're doing is um, they making it go in the right direction. And he's actually been kind of a pioneer in the private space uh, space flight industry. Yeah. Um, because for a long time, space flight was dominated by the national um, organizations, especially NASA. Yeah. But. It's SpaceX, only been like a government Sp- thing before. SpaceX was yeah. the first private co- uh, organization yeah. to really make it yeah. big in private, the private organizations couldn't way. compete. Yeah. But now, um, SpaceX SpaceX actually became the first um, private corporation to yeah. send supplies up to the ISS, the International Space Station, and astronauts up to the ISS actually. Astronauts too. Sent yeah. American astronauts up to the ISS. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which for those who don't know, is the International Space Station. It's a big science lab that circles around the Earth in space. Right. And allows yeah. cool stuff in space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, collaboration between different countries. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, uh, SpaceX is one of the biggest companies to you know, have like major contract with NASA. And that's mm-hmm. why uh, since NASA has like, recently lost the ability to send astronauts to space, they rely mainly on SpaceX now. Yeah, and SpaceX, SpaceX is the only actually US integral, company yeah. organization that sends people yeah. to space right now. NASA doesn't send people to space anymore. It's just not a thing they right. do. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And they rely on SpaceX spacecraft. And yeah, and yeah, the next stage is just commercial space flight. 
Oh yeah, obviously. I mean, like all other billionaires, even SpaceX yeah. wants to send people to space. <laughs> commercial spaceflight is the new thing, and it's going to be very cool. Like, I can't wait to see like in five in five or ten years if we can actually go to the moon, like for a holiday. Uh, right. It seems like a pretty cool thing. But speaking of going to the moon, I mean, if we want to get serious about going further into space and going to Mars, etc., etc., we can't right. really rely on launching from Earth. And because of that, most people say that we need to actually have space bases, right? More than the ISS. Yeah. Like ISS is just one of them. People say yeah. that we should actually establish bases on Moon, where we can then launch further missions from the Moon, which would significantly make it easier for us to go to space. I think that's the next frontier. Like in the next five ten right. years, we're going to see NASA. Uh, who already announced actually, by the way, in Project Artemis that they're going to be sending astronauts to the Moon. But not yeah. only NASA, like other organizations also, we're going to see them sending people to the Moon again after an incredibly long time uh, and creating like space bases and space airports and, and launch pads on the moon from where we can then go to Mars and, and other areas. And a very cool yeah. innovation that I saw about in the papers the other day was actually using lunar rocks and lunar dust to 3D print like objects over there. Right, Essentially you right. could like create so, things on the moon by using yeah. resources from the moon itself without yeah. having to send so, stuff from Earth through the moon which is very cool. Yeah. So uh, this reduces like the cost and the need for fuel obviously because you're hmm. taking less load from earth but also you you find more resources there right because you as well as earth's resources you have the moon's resources to utilize and yeah. this this again it's just part it's similar to the moon base um project hmm. it it just helps um optimize the whole project you know make it less cumbersome to go entirely from earth to space or other planets you know the whole yeah. trip you can just go like a few it makes hundred us a properly space-faring species now like like humanity yeah, it, it does. It owns right. space now <laughs> yeah yeah but i think that's the, like the next frontier like from commercial space flight we're going to go to like moon bases and uh yeah. taking off from the moon right uh and yeah that's that's about it i mean that's the end of the episode <laughs> that's yeah. all we prepared for some of you might have noticed that this is a different yeah. uh format of recording really because we ran into internet problems and and a whole bunch of logistical yeah. problems that's why we're actually recording uh in a very different way so yeah. let's see so but let's hopefully the quality edit. will be the same yeah hopefully the quality same i didn't even be able to tell i didn't even be able to tell but yeah in case someone yeah. was wondering yes we are recording in like a different setup altogether and we've had to change yeah. significantly uh right. to make this possible yeah but yeah, that's pretty. I think cool. we ended on a space. we ended on a pretty optimistic note after all the yeah. death and destruction before that. <laughs> all the death and destruction and all the stuff that we can't do, uh, yeah. we've actually ended on a very positive note. Where stuff that we can do and stuff we're looking to do and we're gonna probably see in the next near future. I'm very excited. I'm personally, I love so this space. I. Like so my, I've been space. following uh, like space and especially private space flight. Actually, no, private mm-hmm. as well as governmental space flight. I'm following it for a while now. It's every yeah. every. Every few days, there's always like an interesting development. Right 100%. now, we'll be looking at um, Jeff Bezos's flight in four days. On March, on July twentieth, sorry, on March. Yeah, <laughs> July twentieth, right. and we're gonna be watching four the days. Flight. Yeah, yeah. You guys should watch it. Whoever's watching, yeah, if, everyone if it goes everyone up before twentieth. Yeah, just uh, watch the broadcast. Watch the space flight. Tell us how you saw. Tell us how you liked it in this in the comments. Yeah. Uh, tell us if you go to space in the comments. You know, would you want to go to space? We don't want to go yeah. to space. Is it too scary? Uh, yeah, let us know. Like, share, yeah, subscribe. Uh, and we'll and see, we'll you, see you guys next time. Yep. Yeah, just keep Peace. watching. See you guys. Keep Bye. watching. <laughs> Bye. Yep.